Okay, we begin today in Hashem Sefer HaBakuk, the eighth Navi uh, in the Treyasar, and we start Perak Aleph Pasuk Aleph, and it would be uh, a very challenging thing to give you certain details of HaBakuk, who he was when he preached. Uh, his lifeline, etc. But how do you approach that when you start with Radak, who says, and let me read it to you, Hanavi Hazer Lo Yodanu Doro below Mishpachto. We don't know anything about him. We don't know what his. Uh, generation was, his family lineage was, and then you have Ibn Ezra saying, uh, We do know We do know that all three prakim of Habakkuk are directed against the threat of Nebuchadnezzar and the Bavloyim. And so we gather from that that he was contemporaneous with Nebuchadnezzar. And there, of course, as you would expect, there are Mephorshim all over the place. Uh, there is one that says he's really the son of Elisha, the Navi, and the Isha Hashunamit. You remember in Molochim, this woman, the Shunammite woman, befriends Elisha, sets aside a special room for him whenever he's passing by. He has his own privacy, he's fed, sustained, and after a while he asks her, what can he do for her? And she mentions she is without uh, children, and he says, Lamoed hazeh at choveket bain, that's the key word. Before the year is out, you will be clinging, Choveik is clinging and embracing a son, and that that is the son she had, and therefore the name Habakkuk. Problem with that, as the Abarbanel points out, it creates um, an anachronism, because he would have to be, if he were Elisha's son, and now prophesying contemporaneously in the Nebuchadnezzar's reign, something like 160, 170 years old, and that can't be. Other Mephorshim reconcile this by saying, well, he wasn't the son of Elisha and the Shunammite woman, but it could have been a grandson, a later generation. Some that say he was Daniel's time, and he sustained Daniel, as we're going to see later, when he's thrown into the lion's den by Nebuchadnezzar. Again, this has to be a historical anachronism, because it would cover some 150 years. So we will establish that he was, and the Rambam tells us in Moranavuchim, that he was the spiritual and logical heir to the Navi um, Nachum, who we just completed, and that he was his Talmud, and he passes it on to the next Navi we will learn, Tsefanya, uh, so that we place him there and we place him specifically right before Nebuchadnezzar is to invade, and 
his prophecy is directed against or towards several audiences we will see. So let's pick that up. Hilly, one question. Who, who wrote down the, 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 the Nebuah if, if we don't know where he's from? Where did it come from? They would preserve his Nebuah. We don't know. We, you know, we don't know, but it was, we assume it was taken down simultaneously as delivered. We, we just aren't sure. And yet the consensus seems to be he fits right in in that Bavel era. So we begin. Hamasa asher chazach habakuk hanavi. This is the masa. Masa we learned a week or two ago. Masa is one of the ten forms of nevua. Literally, it means a burden, and that what it means usually is it is a directed, a very dark, foreboding nevua, usually against an outside nation. And so we assume he's talking to Bavel, but at this point, he's making a very plaintive cry to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And he starts, How long must I cry out to the Kaddish Baruch Hu and not have an answer and not be heard? Ezak Eilecha, by the way, Shivati is one of the most forceful ways of crying out to Hashem. It means where you're almost out of control. The other hand, Azak is a lesser, is a quieter, more internal form of crying out. And he covers both extremes. I scream to you about injustice and you will not save me. And the injustice is to the people of Israel. Why are you showing me all this persecution, all this difficulty to my people? Tabit that there is, I have to look at the, um, the Hamas, the uh, injustice, the uh, corruption that faces me. And yet, the one who is causing it, specifically Bavel, he survives intact. He is still alive. So what we're going to see here is Habakkuk is saying to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, in effect, look, I know B'nai Yisrael has sinned. There are no angels. But these people, Bavel, the Chaldeans, are just beyond contempt. How are you letting this possibly happen? Moreover, says the Navi, it is having disastrous effects. Arcane toppled Torah. You are losing people from following the way of Torah. The Loyet say Lenetzach, and it will not go forth the Torah for eternity. Mishpat ki Russia machtir es hatzadik. Arcane yetze mishpat ma'ucho. Is it fair that the Russia? The evil has surrounded the tzaddik. And out of this, you are going to get a distorted uh, type of, of justice, of righteousness. And what the Mephoshim, uh, specifically also the Radak, says is that what he is saying here is, look, I know that B'nai Yisrael has sinned. I am not saying or questioning tzaddik 
uh, Viralo. The tzaddik sometimes he has it looks like it is being terrible. I accept that there has to be a measure of punishment here. I am dealing, or the Radak says, the Navi says I am dealing with the flip side of that equation, specifically Russia Vitovlo. That why is Nebuchadnezzar enjoying such success, such prosperity? That is what doesn't make sense to me. Why do you show it to me? And as a result, um, we're losing people. The nation of Israel is saying, why? Why are we being picked on? Why are we being persecuted to that degree? So it's self-defeating in that the religious life of the people is going to be affected. He's using every device he can here, the Kaddish Baruch Now he turns to the Goyim, the other nations. Look at what is going on. Look upon it in, in wonderment. Um, why? Because, continues the Navi, there is a strange occurrence going on right in front of you. You're not even going to believe it when it's written, when it's told. In other words, the phenomenon of the Nebuchadnezzar. And what is that? Because the Kaddish Baruch has set up the Kazdin, the Chaldeans, and it said with contempt. There was no people more contemptible than the Chaldeans. Hagai Hamar Nimhar, this bitter, arrogant nation, that are going from one end of the world to another, that are coming to inherit land, buildings, cities that are not it. Um, and therefore, look at what is happening. And what we learn, they are powerful, they are more awesome. From them they come, and they carry their justice and they do what they, see, what they wish to do. Is a key word there because what the Navi is saying, and this is true of Bavel, unlike other nations, they didn't conquer in order to occupy, in order to get the territory, in order for political glory. No, they had one purpose, Mimenu, who say so, you say, is to just loot the entire nation. They were interested, they weren't interested in the infrastructure, they were interested in plunder, in taking the treasure back. Um, moreover, the Gemara tells us in Masechta Sukkah, very interesting, Agadata, Omar Abkhana Bar Acha, Arba Mischaret Alehem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shaborom. Kaddish Baruch Hu regrets having created four different things. Eluhain, Golos, exile. Kazdim, that's what interested us, the Chaldeans. The Ishmaelim, the Ishmaelites, and the Yetzirah. And this uh, inspires a lot of Mepharshim, 
because the Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't regret anything. It's not an attribute of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. What they're saying is that the Kaddish Baruch Hu regrets that he had to create them. He had to create them because they are rods and instruments of punishment for B'nai Yisrael. And that's what he regrets doing. And as we said, the Chaldeans were like the lowest of the low. You've got to remember, Nebuchadnezzar came out of nowhere. Um, Mimenu also means that he had no allies, there was no coalition, he had no lineage. Out of the blue he emerged, and that is specifically to implant the understanding that it's not Keteva. Kodesh Baruch Hu did do this out of natural causes. You have to see the hand of God in the way he used he is bigger and more powerful than anything before. The and these are the attributes of his army. They are swifter than leopards. Their horses uh, are like foxes. They're uh, Horses are, are untiring and their chariots just go for miles without stopping. They come from distant lands, getting stronger as they come in and close in on their quarry. They fly like eagles, like starving to eat. They're ravenous in their consumption. Um, Kula lechamas yavo. That's what I alluded to before. They come lechamas for for looting, for plunder. They come mas panehem kadima for their faces are like hungry. The eastern wind, the yesav kachol shevi, and they gather as captives the people like sand. They just gather people for the sole purpose of plundering. Um, more, they have total contempt for all the nations they are conquering. For whom lochem yiskales, they laugh at the kings of these foreign nations. And they laugh and they mock the nobles and the leadership. They laugh at the fortified, supposedly impregnable cities. And what they do is they gather or they build offer dust by um, Yilkudah and they conquer. What it means is, and before some say in those days, as a battle tool, they would put together mounds of dirt and, and uh, soil that would give them the advantage of piling up on top of the walls and thereby either shooting into it or scaling over the walls. So, Vayitzpar offer Vayilkudah. Uz, and after they conquer, says Havakul, Uz Chalaf Ruach, a spirit comes into them, and the spirit convinces them by Yaakov Asimzekokhenu Leiloko that it is, it is the might of our, our gods, our idols, our, our icons that Nebuchadnezzar says that's given me this victory. And now he turns to Kaddish Baruch Hu and he says, God, are you not, from the beginning, you created the very beginning of the world. And then, are you going to let us die? Yes, 
we've committed Averos, but are you going to let these cannibals kill us, be the source of our death? Hashem l'mishwat shamto v'tzur l'hochiach yisado. He is the guardian of Mishwat and the rock to which we base our, our, our whole being, our foundations. We say you are Tahorinayim, pure of eyes, and that you cannot even abide seeing evil and corruption and sin. So, Loma Sabit Bodim, how can you look upon these Bodim, these transgressors, these deniers? Tachrish Bivla Russia, Sadik Mimenu, you are going to stand by and allow these animals, Tachrish Bivla Russia, Sadik Mimenu, consume, swallow up, Russia, Sadik Mimenu, this Russia, those who are more righteous than they are. Notice he's not saying they are without sin. He's saying that as between Israel and Bavel, Israel has a greater righteous character. How are you going to let these evil people, it's totally against everything you stood for or represented. Vatasa now uses a very interesting metaphor of the people of Israel like helpless fish or like crawling, you know, animals, etc., insects. Vatasa adam hayam. You have made the man like men like the fish of the sea, like those that crawl on earth, that there's nothing that leads it or heads it up. And so all of these, this Nebuchadnezzar, gathers together in his nets and gathers throws them in. Didn't we learn Get which Navi that Nebuchadnezzar in the story of Gedalia was going to allow the Jews to govern themselves at the beginning. Yes, he didn't so want. It's not the, really consistent with this description, right? It, it metamorphoses after we blow it. In other words, in the beginning, he wanted a quiet vassal state in his early years of conquest. Yeah, he plundered it. He took all the stuff of it, but he wanted a self-governing body loyal to him, and it degenerated, and he comes and then takes everybody away. So yeah, that was the first stage. But each day, this Nebuchadnezzar comes, and he scatters the fish in his nets and the animals in his chariots. By he gathers them. Because of this, it's tremendous exultation for him. He is triumphed. And out of this, he will give offerings for his capture. And for his chariots, he, and for his boats, rather, that he's scooped all this up. And why not? Because out of these conquests, he has gotten himself, he's been well fed. He has all the provisions he needs. He has all the oil he needs. He has all the treasure he needs. And so in conclusion, are you going to allow, continue to let him empty this net 
continue to slay nations without any kind of compassion. And the rhetorical is a rhetorical question by, by Habakkuk. Why is Nebuchadnezzar rewarded with the success and triumph when at the same time as he denies the Kaddish Baruch's existence, he is saying it is his gods that have done it. How can you stand by Kaddish Baruch? It's a challenge and let this happen. Mir Tashem, we will get the answer to this rhetorical question. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Be there. You won't want to miss it. Uh,